I love answering your questions about diabetes and mental health, and so I'm devoting this entire episode to doing just that. On this Ask Dr. Mark episode, I'm answering your questions about getting support, diabetes burnout, what to do when you feel overwhelmed about diabetes being forever, as well as how to deal with the anger that comes along with living with diabetes. You'll hear my answers to these questions and so much more. Let's get to it. Welcome to the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Heyman, and I invite you to join us as we talk candidly about the emotional challenges of living with type 1 diabetes. We'll give you actionable strategies to help you face these challenges head on, reduce your stress, and most importantly, live a full life without letting diabetes get in the way. Hey there, welcome to the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Heyman. Before we get started today, do me a favor. If you haven't already, go on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. That will help me get the word out about this podcast to lots of other people with type 1 diabetes who could really benefit from it. And also, if you haven't already, make sure you follow or subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast app. On this episode of the podcast, I'm doing something I call Ask Dr. Mark. I get questions from my audience all the time about diabetes and mental health, and I want to make sure I answer your questions. So on this episode of the podcast, I'm doing just that. So without further ado, let's get to the questions. This person asks, Why does diabetes make me so angry? I feel like I'm angry all the time and nothing that I can do to get rid of that anger. And first of all, I'm sorry. I think we've all been there at some point or another in our lives with diabetes. Diabetes is frustrating and it's very easy to be angry at it. And I want to tackle this question from a couple of different perspectives. The first is the simplest one, and that's the blood sugar perspective. When your blood sugar is high, it's so easy to get angry your body is on guard and you're prone to snap and high blood sugar does not help that process. And the higher blood sugar, the more irritable you get, the more irritated you get, and the easier it is for even a simple thing to push you over the edge and for you to get extremely frustrated. When your blood sugar goes low, anger is natural as well. Even though there's an anxiety there, you're angry because you have to stop. You don't feel well. You may have to step aside from what you're doing and let the low blood sugar pass. And that's a reasonable reason to be angry. But anger doesn't serve us very well oftentimes, no matter what our blood sugar is. And so paying attention to those things and being mindful of how you're feeling and how your blood sugars impact your anger is a really important part of the process. But I want to talk about a different side of the coin here. Anger is an emotion that we all feel. Actually, many times feeling angry is a helpful emotion because it protects us. When someone does something that hurts us or when someone does something that threatens us, getting angry is normal because we want to make sure that those boundaries aren't crossed. But anger also serves another function, which I don't think is as helpful, but it's also protective. Anger protects us from experiencing some of the more difficult emotions. So if you think about diabetes and some of the emotions that come up for people with diabetes, I think about things like sadness, vulnerability, feeling weak or feeling different. 
And those feelings aren't easy to have. They aren't easy to process. And they make things challenging because those feelings are vulnerable. When you're feeling anxious, when you're feeling sad, you open yourself up to uncomfortable emotions, difficult things to to process, but also you open yourself up to people hurting you and people making fun of you and people jabbing at you. And no one wants that. So anger can serve a function of covering up those emotions. So sometimes when people are feeling sad or anxious or vulnerable, they cover that up with anger because anger is a safer emotion to feel. It's a safer emotion to feel because it doesn't open yourself up to other people, doesn't open yourself up to a flood of emotions, and it also protects you kind of like a turtle shell. When you have a shell on top of you, nothing can get through it, nothing can hurt you. But the problem is, when you have that shell on top of you with diabetes and anger is what's coming out, you're not able to process those emotions. Emotions with diabetes aren't always comfortable, but what we know about them is that if you're able to experience them, generally speaking, they get uncomfortable for a little while, and then very quickly they die down. In order for that to happen, you have to experience them. If you cover up those emotions with anger, it makes it much more challenging for you to process through them, to experience them, and to have the intensity die down. I like to think about it kind of like a two-liter bottle of soda. Imagine that you have a two-liter bottle of soda in your hand, and you shake it up. And all of a sudden, all of the carbonation gets really tight around the bottle. Then you open up the bottle, and what happens? The carbonation all of a sudden comes out and starts getting your hands dirty. It may get on the floor. It may get all over the furniture where you're at. And your immediate response to that is to close up the bottle. But when you close up the bottle, what happens? the carbonation doesn't go away. The carbonation is still there. And that's how I think about these vulnerable emotions. Anger is closing up the bottle and making sure that you're protected, making sure your hands stay clean. But when you do that, you don't allow the fizz to come out. Now imagine that you were able to take the top off the bottle. What would happen? Well, for a couple minutes, it would be messy. It would get all over the floor, all over your hands, all over your clothes. But very quickly, that carbonation would die down. The same thing is true for your emotions around diabetes. If you're able to feel the sadness, the vulnerability, the anxiety that you have, and be open to it, it's not going to be comfortable. But if you do that, it won't last for very long. And fairly soon, it will lose its power over you. If you keep protecting yourself with anger, anger breeds anger. And there's no way to allow those other emotions to die down, which means there's no way to allow that anger to go away because that anger is protecting you from those other emotions, which you don't want to experience. I want you to think about next time you're feeling angry with diabetes, ask yourself, is this anger about something specific that I can identify? And if so, work through it. But if it's anger that you can't really identify where it's coming from, it's possible that that anger around diabetes is really a shell that's protecting you from experiencing even more challenging emotions. This person asks, why is it that I can't seem to get over my diabetes burnout? I've been feeling burnt out for a long time and burnout with my job goes up and down, but diabetes burnout just stays the same. 
I don't know the answer to that question without talking to you a little bit more, but I want to suggest a hypothesis here. For a lot of us, diabetes burnout becomes a habit. That's just kind of how we approach diabetes, and we expect to be burnt out with diabetes. So when we go into thinking about diabetes, we go into it through the lens of burnout, feeling like that's just how it has to be. You know, think of all the other habits that you have in your life, whether it's getting up early every morning or whether it's brushing your teeth before you go to bed. It just becomes part of your normal routine. But the same type of habit can be true for the way we think about and experience things in our life. If we think something's going to be hard, if we expect it to be hard, then it usually will be because we go into it thinking that and expecting that. And in my experience, that happens a lot for folks with diabetes burnout. You know, they go through a period where they're just feeling done with diabetes and they just want to push it under the rug and not deal with it anymore. And then objectively, their situation gets better. They're having an easier time dealing with it. But they're so used to feeling burnt out, they're so used to feeling stressed about diabetes, that they have a hard time breaking the habit of feeling that way. So they go into it expecting they're going to feel that way, and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So if this is the case for you, what do you do about it? Well, the first step is you've got to recognize what's happening. You've got to recognize that your burnout may be real. You may be really experiencing burnout, but you also have to recognize that there's a possibility that you're just so used to feeling burnt out, that's just how you're feeling, and you don't know anything different. You also have to ask yourself, what would life be like for me if I wasn't burnt out? And what would be so scary about life with diabetes if I didn't feel burnt out? Sometimes for people, there's something called a secondary gain to feeling burnt out, where on the surface, they don't want to feel burnt out, and of course they don't. But what happens is the fear of overcoming that burnout and becoming more free and flexible in their lives with diabetes is really scary. So they revert back to those feelings of burnout as a place of safety. It's an uncomfortably comfortable place. It's a comfortable place because that's where they're used to being. And so you've got to recognize for yourself if that's happening for you and ask yourself, if I didn't feel burnt out, how would I feel? And on the one hand, you may feel fantastic. But on the other hand, the possibility of not feeling burnt out may be terrifying for you. Once you're able to wrap your head around you know, why you're feeling burnt out and if it's a habit versus real burnout, then you can take action. Of course, if you're feeling burnt out because diabetes is stressful for you in that moment, then you've got to do a couple things. One is find ways to reduce that stress if possible. And the other one is to learn to tolerate the distress and ride the wave of that burnout because it will go away. But on the other hand, if you recognize that you're in the habit of burnout and that's, just, and that's what you expect it to be, then shifting your mindset and thinking differently about diabetes is going to be just like forming any new habit. You have to practice. You have to be intentional. And you have to be open to the possibility that that's going to be uncomfortable, but that you can do it and be willing to do it. And so go, going into situations and saying, you know, this is going to be easy. I got this or I can handle it. And see how that works for you. See if that mindset shift can help you get out of the habit of thinking from a mindset of burnout and into the habit of thinking from a mindset of empowerment and the possibility that managing diabetes today and on an ongoing basis can be easy and can be doable and that you got it. 
and that you have it covered. Of course, burnout comes in waves and you may experience burnout again, but when that burnout lifts and you're feeling better, you wanna be careful not to get back on that habit and to be able to see the fact that you've not burned out anymore and move on from it, as opposed to getting stuck in the thought and the habit that you are burned out. And that's how life with diabetes has to be. This person says, I'm having a really hard time wrapping my head around the fact that diabetes is forever and it's not going away. What do I do about that? This is one of the most challenging things for people with diabetes, especially when they're first diagnosed and they realize it's not going away and this is something that I'm going to be living with forever. And there's no simple way of answering this question. I want to give you a couple of tips. The first one is to accept it. I know that's easier said than done, but accepting is much more than just saying, okay, I accept diabetes. You can actually use your body to help you here. So I imagine when people say, I can't believe the diabetes is going to last forever. I don't want that to happen. You're in a fighting stance and you're really ready to do whatever you can to make diabetes go away and to push it away and to try to reverse the reality that diabetes is forever. Now, we all know that there's no way to do that. No matter how hard you try, no matter how much you fight, diabetes is not going away. But we try anyway, and we try just by asking the question of, I can't believe it. How do I accept this fact? What if you were able to just say, I accept it and almost put your hands up and say, I surrender and allow it to be there, allow it to be there with you and not try to even wrap your head around the fact that it's forever and how you're going to deal with it. Because asking yourself how you're going to deal with it implies it's going to be challenging. And part of this is a mindset. Part of this is going into diabetes saying, some days may be challenging, but I got this. Really empowering yourself to get to a point where you feel confident. And if you feel confident in diabetes, then yes, it's forever, but you can deal with that. It's not that big of a deal. You're going to have challenging days, of course, but that doesn't mean that every day is going to be challenging. And it certainly doesn't mean that diabetes is going to get in your way and that you can't do everything that you want in your life even though you have diabetes. I'm sure you can think about other examples of things that have happened to you that are going to be forever. Some of them may be positive, some of them may be negative. You have learned to navigate those things. And maybe another way of answering this question is thinking, yes, diabetes is forever and I can't make it go away, but I can learn to navigate my life with diabetes. And if you think about yourself as a navigation tool, and you think about diabetes as something that's going to be there with you, how do you navigate with it? How do you navigate around it? How do you navigate your life in a way where diabetes is there, you're taking care of it, it's not going away, but it's not bothering you? That's a challenge, but definitely something that's doable. Definitely something that you can achieve if you come to a place of acceptance, of surrender, and not trying to fight it. Surrendering and accepting that diabetes isn't going away actually brings a lot of freedom because you're no longer fighting a fight that can't be won, but you're picking a challenge that you can navigate and that you can overcome. And that makes the fact that diabetes isn't going away a whole lot less of a big deal. And that's our goal, is to make diabetes less of a big deal and allow the things that are important to you to be at the forefront of your life. This person says, Everyone tells me I need to get support from other people with type 1 diabetes, but I have no interest in getting support. Am I weird? And what do I do about that? In my experience, support is probably one of the best things you can do for your mental health with type 1 diabetes. 
But if you don't want it or are resistant to it, then I can't force you and no one can force you to get support. But I want you to think about support in a little bit of a different way. I think sometimes when we think about support, we think about getting together in person with other people with diabetes and complaining about diabetes. And in my opinion, that is not particularly helpful because our goal as people with diabetes is to manage diabetes well, but not to focus on diabetes. So the thought of getting together with people with diabetes and complaining about diabetes does the exact opposite of that. You're spending time focusing on it, complaining about it, and making the frustrations of diabetes even bigger. But thinking about support in a different way may make you more open to it. And here's what I mean by that. In my experience, when you get together with people with diabetes, actually, you don't talk much about diabetes at all. But everybody there gets you. They get the alarm. They get what it feels like to be high or low. They get the challenge of diabetes. And so it can go unspoken. And that's a very comforting thing. But support goes way beyond meeting with other people in person and talking about diabetes. Support with diabetes has so many different faces, especially now in the age of social media. So let me give you some examples. If you're listening to this podcast, I hope the information I'm giving you is a form of support. If you've ever read a blog about diabetes, that's a form of support. Learning other people's stories and hearing them, whether they're telling you personally, whether you're reading it on a blog or an Instagram post or somewhere else, understanding that you're not alone in the process of living with diabetes is a form of support. You can be active on social media and you can post about your experience with diabetes. That's a way of getting support from other people. But you can also be a lurker on social media and just scroll Instagram or Facebook and look at other people's experiences and learn from them. That's a form of support. Support might mean reading a book about diabetes. It may mean talking to your mom about diabetes. The bottom line is it means lots of different things. So if you don't want support, I'm not going to push it. But I am going to challenge you to think about what do you mean by support? What about support are you so resistant to? And In what ways are you actually getting support now or would you be open to getting support when you haven't even thought of them as support, but in reality, they're the exact support that you need and you're getting it already or you have the possibility of getting it. If you're able to open your mind and seeing different types of support as potentially being valuable to you. That does it for this Ask Dr. Mark episode of the Diabetes Psychologist podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and found it valuable, please share it with one or two other people with type 1 diabetes who might benefit from it. Send them a text or an email with a link to this episode. You never know. The person you send it to may need to hear exactly what's in this episode. I always love hearing from my listeners, so please send me a DM on Instagram at the Diabetes Psychologist or send me an email to mark at thediabetespsychologist.com. I want to hear your feedback, your questions, your concerns, and of course, any questions you have for future Ask Dr. Mark episodes. And be sure to tune in next Thursday for a brand new episode of the podcast. Remember, type 1 diabetes isn't easy, but you can have an easier time with it. Bye for now. so much for listening. For more resources, you can visit www.thediabetespsychologist.com and be sure to sign up for the email list for access to exclusive content. 
I'm Dr. Mark Heyman, and tune in next time for the latest episode of the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. Thank you.